The following discussion is not necessarily the views of all involved. The goal is to start open and honest discussion in the Christian worldview. Like all things, weigh what you hear with what you know and join us in our pursuit for the truth. Enjoy the podcast. I'm not a heretic, though. You will be by the end of this. <laughs> Wait, is there an ancient saint of heretics? Oh, yeah, it's uh, Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> Can I make a bad analogy that very few people are going to get? Absolutely. I mean, so, it wouldn't be second-rate saints if you didn't. But. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'd like to welcome everyone to the Second Rate Saints podcast. I'm one of your hosts here, Caleb. To my left is Joshua. And to my left is I'm Joel. And to my left, it's me, Caleb. Full circle. It is just the three of us just hanging around. We are missing, sadly, sadly missing both Stuart and Colton. It's a sad day, but the show must go on. Joel, do we do things on the internet? We do. We're hanging out on the internet most days um, at secondratesaints.com. If you'd like to get a long-form email out to us, we can, we've got secondratesaints at gmail.com. Um, just, yeah, feel free to send us basically whatever you're thinking about the episode or, or even what you're thinking in your own personal devotions. You know, we'd love to hear it, right? Um, and what are we doing Ooh, on Instagram? On Instagram, we are also secondratesaints, and on Twitter, we're secondratesaints. We've gotten pretty lucky with our handles. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so the, the what have you read for today is actually one I haven't read. <laughs> and I'm not going to cover it because I haven't read it. But both of you won't shut up about it. <laughs> like it comes up pretty regularly in our conversation. So, um, Caleb, do you want to introduce what the what is what have you read for this week is? So a book that I read quite a while ago and the first time that I read it, I audiobooked it and then I picked it up as a physical copy. I was like, I need to read this again is a short novel called Man Who Was Thursday by G.K. Chesterton. Um, I liked it a lot. And then I was like, oh, I need to, I, my friends need to read this. And then I bought a copy that I hadn't seen um, off of Amazon that was cheap. Mm. And then I sent it to my friends, uh, the ones on the podcast here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the text in it is atrocious. So I'm going to say that before Joel said, or before Joel and yeah. Josh pointed out. There are so many words on every page. <laughs> it's like, there's tiny margins, tiny margins, and the words are so small. Yeah, it's, it's not a good copy. Um, it's a great story, though. I love it. Um, he, yeah, yeah, explain. It's analogy, mm-hmm. heavy analogy. But like Chesterton's such an odd, well, he's an odd duck, but like. He does, a we, he does a good job, I think, of showing how political ideas are obviously connected to ideological ideas, which are, in fact, connected to religious ideas. Mm-hmm. And he, 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 he draws that via analogy out through that. Um, but he also, in this short little presentation, he makes it all very, very funny, at least to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a in like British in classic British comedy. Well, it's a it's an absurdist, yeah. Like analogy, like also surreal, like going around a corner and reality's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
absurd in like a chain. giant car chase with all of London chasing them. Yeah. Like, an entire French town comes down to kill them all. And a, and a guy holds up a lantern. He ripped off a wall to repel them. Like it's. Oh my goodness. It's great. Yeah. Riding an elephant through London. Didn't that happen in the first book of Narnia? Am I thinking of something else? There's a carriage mm, chase that's what it was, yeah. through in the magician's Ooh. nephew. Yes. That's and that's how the lamppost ends up there. Mm. Um, but yeah, it has it has some fun moments. It's I, I know some people really don't like it. Like some of my family that had read it were like, this is dumb. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, you're wrong, but like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's I mean, it's for a particular crowd. Yep. Um you you really you really have to you you have to let your you have to let your imagination express the image yeah. to understand it. You don't understand the story just reading it. I mean, the, sub, the subtitle of the book is A Nightmare. The full title is The Man Who Was Thursday, A Nightmare. Yeah. It's, it's a... And so explain the title. I can't say who's <laughs> Thursday without giving it away. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, days of the week. Our main characters. Yes. Right. And that plays into. There's a guy named Monday. There's a guy named Tuesday. There's yeah. a guy named Wednesday. Yeah. The main character is Thursday. Mm-hmm. Um, and the boss. Is named Sunday. Is named Sunday. Is, is named Sunday. And he's. Thursday is hired by the police to mm-hmm. go undercover and stop the anarchists. Who are going to tear down all of society. Mm-hmm. Um. And it starts off that way, and then it just gets, it's, it's a roller coaster. And then the nightmare part, I think, would be, I, this, this is kind of trying to understand the end, because I'm still not fully understanding that book. Uh, Stuart also read it, and I've talked mm-hmm. to him about it, and I think, I, I really, I actually want to reread it and talk to Stuart again, because I think if anyone's going to understand that book, it would be Stuart. <laughs> um, but... Uh, I think the whole nightmare part is everything that's described in there can kind of be understood in both politics and ideology have this, these massive religious connotations. And well, you, the, the Christian, let's say, or the, not just the Christian, but in certain cases, the people who hold the Christian values, right, are waging war on that. There is a slow subversion of it. Mm. And so it's, yeah. Yeah. I wish I understood what you meant by that. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right, so... Like, that's the reason I'm thinking, I should probably pick up this book, you got me. <laughs> Just audiobook um, it. It's, it's worth it. I might it. do that. It's yeah. worth it. It's short. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's Man Who Was Thursday. Our topic today, as according to the title that you clicked on, um, is Saints. Because, hmm. after all, it's November 1st as of recording, which is All Saints Day. So we're going to do Saints. All Saints Day. Mm-hmm. Hmm. In the liturgical calendar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the liturgical calendar is the calendar of this church. He's on point. Some people don't know. Some a, churches. That's true. Yeah. Because um, some, some churches don't have a liturgical calendar. No. But they don't there participate is a, in one. Yeah. But generally there is one that is recognized by the church at large. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the idea is like there's 
there's uh Christmas, Easter, like the the main yeah, events in Christian history, Lent, Advent. Even non-liturgical churches yeah. celebrate Christmas at the same time as liturgical churches and Easter at the same time mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah. And they'll mention Lent and they'll mention Advent and it's a these are all words that Christians know and even non-Christians, but they, they are, there is a calendar of events the same way that like a nation has a calendar with holidays on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but these are deeply religious and they, they, they lay out a pattern of kind of, if, if you come from a more traditional church, they will use that as inspiration for what they plan their sermons. So in Advent, they'll do Advent themed leading up to Christmas. They'll do Christmas. Yeah. Um, following that. And then there's an, a period called ordinary time. Um, Which is, it, it's funny. Cause yeah. It's, everything else is like a very specific name. And mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's, it has an interesting backstory of why. And then it's just, yeah, ordinary time. <laughs> what yeah. We couldn't think of any more and we're done. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's a, it's been a, it's been a, a guide kind of in the background in for churches, yeah. more traditional churches, but. And often lectionaries are, are follow that as well to produce yeah. exactly what Josh, uh, Josh yeah. is talking about. Um, but yeah, as most, I think you could say most Christians um, in North America, at least don't really talk about saints because it's not really, most evangelical churches don't really think about it, observe it, or do anything like that. So I think it's, and, it's helpful to take a step back and just, what is a saint? Yeah. And that, 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 that's probably because of a long history of separation from Catholicism. Yep. And you tend to throw the baby out with the bathwater when you separate from a group. Sure. Well, and, and, so, and, and there's some real worries there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's some real worries with the... Uh, with some of the, um, let's say, more institutionalized churches where things can sometimes go wild in a, in a religious system like, uh, like Catholicism in the, middle, in the medieval ages. Mm-hmm. Um, especially when praying to saints um, became a replacement for praying to God. No matter what, I, and I know there's tons of Catholic and Eastern Orthodox popular voices on Instagram and mm-hmm. whatever. And they're just like, no, the, we petition saints in the same way that I might ask, you know, Joel to pray for me. It's the same as that. Yeah. It's like, that's cool. Except when you read the medieval prayers, it's like, oh no, they're asking Mary for forgiveness, not to pray for their forgiveness to God. Straight up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Cause that's not the position that you're defending. Yeah. Yet that's what happened. And yet that was the position of the Catholic Church at the time, in some ways officially, but whatever. Yeah. Maybe not totally officially. And, and the reason people believe you could even ask to petition these saints to pray for you is because of the, the, the theology behind the idea that when you die as a Christian... Uh, you are not dead. You are alive. Yeah. And we'll get into that when we talk yeah. about uh, the communion of the saints. Um, yeah. But taking a step back, English actually has the word holy and saint. And it's kind of a novelty, actually, because they are the same thing. Tech. 
So English gets its word saint from importing the French word uh, derived from Latin sanctus, just meaning holy, straight up. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's just applied to a human. Mm-hmm. It's applied mm-hmm. to a person. And at first, <clears throat> excuse me, at least in the tradition, in the, in the kind of church tradition, in like the, let, let's say, um, post-biblical sense, they would acknowledge everyone as saints, as we'll get into when we bring up a couple of verses, but they would especially acknowledge and make note of like martyrs. Yeah. Right? And that's actually how we kind of developed All Saints Day. What would happen would be, especially in more Latin-cultured early churches, what they would do is when there was a martyr, when a, when a person was martyred, and then that, the day of their martyr came around in the calendar again, they would go to the person's grave and essentially have a picnic. And mm-hmm. they, they'd perform part of the Eucharist there. Mm-hmm. Um, or a, a, a Eucharistic service there as well. Um, and that happened in more Latin uh, services. That was kind of the idea. But Eastern churches had their own, Eastern cultures that became Christian also had, did their own thing. And so what happened when the church kind of got more solidified in the third century, right? Um, they were kind of like, well, how many martyrs were they? And what, let's just do a, just a day, <laughs> just a whole day. That's yeah. where we celebrate and acknowledge the, the saints that have gone on before us, the victorious. And that's where you get the distinction of the church triumphant, those who have gone on to be with Christ mm-hmm. and the church militant. And yet both are still the church. Yeah. Um, and their articulation of that, because remember saints means holy, is that the church is holy because of Christ. Mm-hmm. And because whoever believes in Christ, participates in the church, all that, they're holy. They have Christ's holiness. You're a saint. Mm-hmm. If you are in Christ, period, end of discussion. Okay. Yet we would get many churches would add Saint so-and-so simply to acknowledge that person performed great feats or yeah. went to the end, the yeah. ultimate test. So is that what we've coined veneration? No. Or veneration is something separate. Veneration. I know it's more in Catholic circles, but yeah. uh, I guess, I guess technically in the earliest form, it could be veneration. Like if mm-hmm. there was a local martyr, that's, I guess, where it really started was local martyr. Um, and they would go out to that person's grave and do a Eucharistic service just mm-hmm. in honor and memorial. A part of that belief is, I, I guess we'll jump to it, even though it's further on in the notes, but I think this is a good place to bring it up. The idea of, uh, in the Apostles' Creed, um, believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, and the communion of the saints. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In that line um, is the idea that, well, they are alive with Christ somehow, mm-hmm. as Josh mm-hmm. talked about, right? Um, and that in worshiping God in a, in a corporate service and in public prayers and in the Eucharistic service, we worship with them. Mm-hmm. They are actually worshiping in heaven and we are, are, even though we are locally on earth, we participate in that worship in heaven with them as one body before God. Mm. And thus connecting all the churches of God on, yep. on earth and those believers that are in heaven. Yeah. It, is a, it is not just a corporate service there, but it is we are part of the entirety of the Christian church mm-hmm. corporate worship. Yeah. And you see like images of that in Revelation when it talks about the, the, those who have gone before that are constantly praying and giving worship before God. Yeah, and you get that in Hebrews 12 with the, yeah. the great cloud of witnesses. Right? Yeah. That, in reference to... <clears throat> Moses and Abraham and all the, yeah, the heroes of faith. Yeah, 
Um, and so that's why oftentimes in, I mean, I saw in, in, in an Eastern Orthodox church was listed with the saints are the patriarchs and characters within the Bible. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That significantly presented that are in that heroes of faith passage that they're also counted as saints. Mm-hmm. Just as being ideals of the faith. I, as ideals of the faith, but also because they had faith that produced righteousness. Mm. Like it, in the old Testament sense, like Abraham. Um, yeah. um as, let's step back into something. Cause I, I caught something when you were talking about the apostles creed. Okay. Let's just clarify when you say, the Holy Catholic Church. Yeah. You Small mean the C. universal. Small C. Small yeah. C universal. Yeah. Um, I'm afraid that'll trip up our Protestant audiences because it trips me up every once in a while. That's fair. That's fair. That's yeah. why a lot of a lot of non-Roman churches will just translate it to the Holy Universal Church just mm. to mm-hmm. iron that out. But yeah. It is cool. I don't want to submit the word Catholic to the Papists, but you know. <laughs> fair enough. Wow, way to start a fight. No one that we that listens to us is Catholic. <laughs> yeah. That I'm aware of. Oh, hey, man, if there I, is, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, please email me. There's some big make uh, my day. There are some Catholic sympathizers in my church. I just don't think many of them listen to it. Fair enough. This, Fair enough. Not that I know of. Gee, that might not be true, because remember we had a comment a few months back when we talked about um the Apostles' Creed, talking That's about true. the descent into hell. And they had a, a comment about it not being uh, mentioned in some Catholic liturgy now that he descended into hell. Yeah. Which is interesting that they would change that. Yeah. Well, I mean, Anyways. the creed said at St. I shouldn't say that. Um, at my church. Mm-hmm. Um, is he descended to the dead, which is an older version of the creed. Mm-hmm. Um, although, even though that's what it says, even at the time of its penning, it was understood as descending to the place of the dead. Yeah. So... But it leaves the room, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, interesting. Um, however, speaking of Catholics, Catholics have a whole developed system on it. They have yes. a. I just wanted to go through their like four steps of how to become a saint. Uh, cool. Which should is, I be making a checklist for myself yeah, yeah. or what? Yeah, and this the, episode's a little more. Laid and back. how to become a saint? We mean specifically the Catholic understanding of somebody like, that has specifically done something holy, canonized saint in the yeah, Catholic Church, not the biblical definition of a Christian who has gone on. Yeah, or in Paul's sense, sometimes he calls the living well, church like saints. Like, if holy you want to know how how to be a saint according to the Bible. Um, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, Philippians 1 1. How yeah, do, just how be, do you a be a saint. Uh, be in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. His holiness. <laughs> yeah. 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 For I Protestants, the bar is not very high, but for the Catholics. <laughs> well, but even the Catholics are kind of like, well, everybody is a saint. Yeah. You just aren't given like a title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even to a certain degree, like, do you have the gift of apostleship if you go out and preach the gospel to the which to the crowds in New York? <laughs> can I make a bad yes, analogy? You are sent out, <laughs> but don't call yourself an apostle. <laughs> yeah. Can I make a bad analogy that very few people are going to get? Absolutely. I mean, it so, wouldn't be second rate saints if you didn't, would it? That's it's a question like, coming. You up. know, in a animal farm, when <laughs> <laughs> when all the like all the animals are living in the farm, they give the revolution, yes. right? And they're like, we're all equal. And then the pigs move into the house and they're like, but we're more equal. 
Yes. <laughs> it's a yeah. bit of that. It's, it sounds like that where it's like, hey, we're all saints, but you know, there's there's some that are more saint. You know, except the, that was supposed to be, you know, communism <laughs> being represented, but whatever, not sainthood. But yeah. The church is communism. That's no, what I'm no, hearing. No, no. Well, if you look at Christ's teachings, the Christians no, were the no, first communists. Guys, I no, heard this no. once. I read it in a book. Must be true. No, it's Jainism was the first communism. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> we're getting off base. Okay, just so you guys know, this is how you become a canonized Catholic, Roman Catholic. Four steps. Four steps. Hey, follow Can we this self help book on how to become a saint. <laughs> four step. <laughs> follow the four step program to become a canonized saint. Okay, you mm-hmm. you write in this. I see he, uh, Joel has his notes out. Yeah. Um, this is probably not you doing it. So hire one of your buddies <laughs> to have a formal request. Request. That's step one. <laughs> Someone has to make a formal request to be considered just sainthood. Um, and that has to be submitted to a special Vatican tribunal. But not so the do person your himself? Yeah. So do your paperwork. Step one. Always start with paperwork. But what yeah. I mean is, like, I can't request myself. It would have to be you request on my behalf. Because you... In, the funny thing is, I don't actually see that written here. <laughs> but, yes. Considering they're usually dead. <laughs> yes. So basically, somebody who knew Mother Teresa would be like, hey, we should make her a saint. Yeah. 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 Um, so you're interceding for the dead to the Catholic Church. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I don't, That's unbiblical. Anyways, continue. second step. Second step. And this is when the tribunal is going to look at the person's life and works. And they're going to look for four cardinal virtues and three theological virtues. Four cardinal virtues. Can fly. It's red. <laughs> eat seed. The four cardinal Lays virtues are the, like the Greek and Roman virtues. Of, nice. Yeah. So prudence, justice, temperance, and courage. Yeah. Those are good. And then the you need those. If you don't are got the four, that, are the four no sainthood for you? Are the four oh, mercy, love, nope, and humility? Nope. Oh, what are there's they? three? Yeah. Think, think of the... Is humility one of them? Apparently not. What are they? Their faith, hope, and charity. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Not love. Not love. Even though that's the greatest of these. No, I shouldn't. I Is it a virtue, though? On this. Is it a virtue, though? Charity? No, love. Hmm. Or is love a state? <laughs> Jeez. Sainthood is a state of mind. <laughs> Just okay. saying. Man. And what's the, what's the other thing? The third step? Yeah. Third step. Um, you have to perform miracles. Okay, that's, that's the one I knew about. Yeah. So Pentecostals um, are an easy in. I can freeze water. <laughs> With the help of Le Frigorator. I can melt water. <laughs> <laughs> or, sorry, melt ice. You can turn, <laughs> you can melt you can, water. So you that's can, two. You can turn water into a solid. Yeah. Can you put food coloring in it and make it wine? That's not what wine That's not is. not what wine is, but I think I could do that. <laughs> um, I yeah. don't think arts and crafts count as... Here's, here's my favorite one. Miracles. Though. Here's my favorite one, though. The fourth one. The proper canonization. Um, you have to die? No. You have to have a post-death miracle that it can be attributed yes. to you. <laughs> Kill from the grave. So... <laughs> <laughs> so like 
So in Mother Teresa's example, um, there was a Brazilian man who had a brain abscess and awoke from his coma and he was like, it was Mother Teresa. Okay. And, and then she officially passed as a saint. And then there was a, there was a stomach tumor, there was a tumor in a woman's stomach in India. And she's like, that was, I prayed to Teresa to intercede and it's gone. That's how mm. Mother Teresa became a saint. You know? Anyway, so if you're looking to do your checklist of how to be recognized in the Roman Catholic Church as a saint, um, figure, uh, make sure you learn how to do step four first, because if you don't get step four... Yeah, if no one <laughs> praised you after you die, you're screwed. <laughs> um, Man. I'm not trying to be, like, irreverent about that, but at the same time, it's like... A, yeah. How does, how does that work? How can... Post-death miracles. <laughs> hmm. Where, where in the Bible could we... Elijah's bones. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought of. Elijah's bones. <laughs> um, okay, if you, here's, here's one thing. If you could perform two miracles, uh, uh, choosing them from the Bible, which would they be? sword? What? <laughs> Goliath's sword's not a miracle. I would make all axes on the earth float. That's what I was going to say. Because <laughs> nobody would understand Oh, it. and Samuel when he's raised from the dead. Oh, when you have to lie on... No, that's Elijah. You talking about the seance thing? Yeah. That's all this? Oh. So you're... Hmm. That is a... Is that a post-death miracle? Is that a miracle? <laughs> I mean, it's supernatural. I mean, she's reacting like it was a miracle because it was definitely she was a fraud. Mm. Interesting. Hmm. Well, if you want to learn more about Saul and Samuel, check in our first Samuel series. <laughs> I think at this point, everyone knows about our Samuel series. <laughs> everyone? Everyone. Maybe there's a listener three years from now that's going to listen to this episode and that's the first thing they see. Hey, this is Pastoral talking to you. I hope you're having a good day. <laughs> Maybe, um, we're, maybe we're saints by the time somebody listens to this. Oh, yeah. Not don't by the pray Catholic to us. Church. If we yeah. die, don't pray to hey, us. Hey, we can perform miracles after we're dead. No. Is coming back from the dead a miracle? It, oh, yeah. Because here's it the thing. Is. Glorification and resurrection with Christ. And everybody becomes a venerated saint. Well, yeah, no, we got that part already. No, 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 but that's the back door to get... <laughs> Everyone becomes a Catholic-level venerated saint. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's what happens at resurrection. You know, there's you get there and all the popes are like, oh, you've got a two, two miracles, right? No, just one. Just one? Just I thought one. it was two. One alive, one dead. Yeah. Hmm. Your buddy's got to sign some papers. Mm -hmm. You got to pass. The, the council's got to be like, you, were, you know what? You're a pretty good Christian. You have to have done the seven things. <laughs> <laughs> Do the seven things. <laughs> Perform oh, a miracle, man. the extra special thing, mm -hmm. and then do it again when you're dead. Do it again when you're dead. <laughs> Except you're not dead because communion of the saints. Yes. Hmm. Right. So, I suppose. Okay. Now that we've totally covered this very com this very complex topic of sainthood, um, what about Elijah's infinite oil glitch? That was that would be a good one. <laughs> what about the uh? What's the uh? You think Ezekiel just went to the back rooms? No. 
Okay. Unless you want to call Sheol the back rooms, which no, I'm totally you, okay with. No, 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 not Sheol. Have you heard of the the God's God's house is described as a house with many rooms? No, come on. Don't be like that. Yeah, and no. it's a liminal space. You're just like the back empty rooms. Heaven is just back rooms. That yeah, sucks. heaven is the back rooms, <laughs> but with less monsters. <laughs> Have you I seen think the how God describes cherubim? That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. Uh, trying to stay on topic with saints. Why? Nah. Why did we call ourselves second-rate saints? What does the name mean? Why we? I don't know. Kill. That is a genius question. <laughs> as somebody who was to not, ask you that. As somebody who has not partaken in the research for this episode, nor looked at the notes. That was awesome. You're welcome. Just want to congratulate you on that. Oh, and encourage you. Thank Good you. job, Caleb. Thanks. Um, so, Joel, answer the question. <laughs> I I wasn't there when we came up with the name. I mean, it was it was Stuart, Stuart. Josh, and I, but it was Stuart that came up with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like the idea that we kind of had was like, like yes, we are kind of authorities. Like we have studied the word, we do have degrees. Like we we are studying further, getting our masters in the Bible and in theology. But we also recognize that as sinners saved by Christ. We mess up. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, we're not out here trying to give lectures. Yeah. We're tr- out here trying to have conversations. So I don't want to go out there and just be like, yeah, this- anyway, this is where saints talk. Ah. Yeah. This is where we hang out and discuss God, theology, Bible. And, you know, I'm, I'm aiming. Like, and if I can be second rate, that's better than third. And I'm all right with that. And a first rate yeah. saint wouldn't make the connection between the back rooms in heaven. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. I like the whole we are not claiming the same type of sainthood that say the Catholics would where we're above those or we have any kind of veneration on ourselves, especially not while we're here on earth. But you know, we're trying to pursue holiness, but probably gonna mess up. Stumbling (laughs) upwards. Right. It is it is kind of funny because none of none of us really do believe that there is a first or second rate. No. level of sainthood there's a joke there. yeah because uh, there also might be an unintended kind of bad joke because we're all made saints by christ's holiness yes. so are we saying christ's holiness in us is second rate and that, that is not the intention at all no i think it's us in our action of uh, trying to attain holiness are not going to do a great job yes this, which this is, is the nature of holiness yeah yeah or of, of pursuing holiness, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've never had to articulate that. <laughs> Every time I'm like, it's called second rate saints. So like, that sounds cool. Thank you. It's the, the second rate part is on us, not on Christ. Yeah. As we pointed out. But also, like, there's a bit of humility there that I think you have to go in if you're a, if you're a servant of Christ. Mm. In, like... You, you need the boldness and the assuredness that you are saved and therefore a saint, mm-hmm. but also the humility of understanding it is entirely on God and not on me. Yeah. I, I, I should point out. <laughs> or I, as Caleb has said in the past, I contribute to my salvation by, by creating the need to be saved. (laughs) (laughs) That is my, that is my main contribution. Yeah. Um, 
I should point out, even though I've just listed only, I only mentioned one verse about the believers being called saints. It's all over mm-hmm. New Testament, especially during beings. Uh, the holy letters. ones. Yeah. Christ comes with his holy ones. Yeah. The ones to the saints in, in Ephesus to the, it's, it's all over. Whoa. Yeah. 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 Um, but rather than just riddling off biblical verses, just for, to prove a point that everyone does already know. Yeah. Well, I think, a, I think there's a bunch of lay people that need the reminder. They probably weren't told that many times that they come from less mm-hmm. traditional uh, Protestant churches. Sure. Um, the idea of saints, when they initially think of it, probably is of the venerated saints of the yeah, Catholic Church. The, the orange ho- uh, halos around some yeah. nice uh, middle, uh, middle-age art. Yeah. Um, or a, a statue or a necklace or a candle, like stuff like that. Um, so it's good to be reminded that like, Hey, you are a saint sinner saved by Christ. Yeah. 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 You do have by being unified to Christ, you are holy and set apart, Mm -hmm. which is what live like it. Yeah. Which is what a saint is. Yeah. By definition, (laughs) by definition, yeah, holiness means set apart. Yeah, yeah. Um, Next question, then. Yes. What is your favorite post-biblical saint? Mm. (laughs) Joel, answer this one first because you have an answer. Uh, yeah, Saint Christopher of Canaan. (laughs) Google him. Uh, God's funny. God's dog. God's God. He's got that dog in him. Um, Hang on, I'm gonna Google it just to see if if that's the first depiction. Have you seen? I hope it is. Saint have you seen Jonathan Peugeot's comic book of him? No. Yeah, it's called God's Dog. Um, that's right. Yes, that's yeah. what it's about. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I have seen that. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, actually so, like Peugeot talks about him all the time. That's so good. So what it is is it's Saint Christopher of Canaan. Um, is that what his name is? It is Christopher. Yeah, yeah. Saint Christopher of Canaan. Um. There was a mistranslation in the Middle Ages um, that called him Saint Christopher, Saint Christopher of Canine, um, and he was depicted as having the head of a dog. Yeah, um, it's pretty wild. But I like so it. in my efforts of finding this, um, I also found uh, <laughs> Saint Gerfont, also a dog. Was a legend in the 13th century French was a legendary 13th century French greyhound that received local veneration as a folk saint. <laughs> <laughs> they just actually venerate yeah. dogs. That's so good. Do you want to hear my real answer now? Yeah. And it's not my favorite because I think that she has any real bearing on the Christian faith. I think she's just brutally interesting. Um is uh, St. Catherine of, of Siena. Mm. Um, That's an interesting take. It's a weird story. It's like something, something was going on. Um, she basically uh, convinced the Pope to move back into the Vatican, um, but she also believed herself to be married to Christ. And not like nuns are. Not like nuns, like <laughs> creepy, like... Like Da Vinci Code married. No, not even that, because there was really no sexual connotation to it. Um, oh, okay. There was a vision that she had as a, I believe, 13-year-old. That's a problem. Um, she rejected 
So really, her being married to Christ was a very complex kind of metaphor for her own chastity. Um, okay. Like so it, it is like nuns. It's sort of like nuns. Um, she was known for uh, healing women um, in like labor pains and things like that. Okay. Like through miscarriages and things like that. Um, she was known for that. Um, but yeah, it's super interesting. She believed she had a vision where a bunch of... Um, Biblical characters came and witnessed her actual marriage ceremony to Christ in her bedroom as she hallucinated it. Crazy. <laughs> if it's a little hallucination or. Um, and if, are you just out here going like seems legit to so me? It's actually, <laughs> like, I don't understand how the Catholics are like, OK, she's a mystic saint then. And what they say, like, this is why I get yeah. on the mystic tangent every once in a while. You can't just say mystic. If somebody has an abstract, crazy view yes. of Christianity, <laughs> yes. you can't just be like, oh, you're a Christian mystic. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? The church that gets married to Christ in heaven. Okay. That's so a theological argument. Yeah. There was a, a thing with the Catholic church. And if we need to cut this out, we can. But <laughs> like, this is how weird it is. And if it's just too much, then mm -hmm. we'll, the editor will make the call on that. But the, um, the foreskin of Christ is an artifact in the mm -hmm. vatican maybe right that's been said so saint catherine of siena had that as the wedding ring of christ still dripping with the blood of christ giving salvation so that's why the laying on of hands was enough to forgive others that's not mysticism that's crazy <laughs> <laughs> like that's yeah, I was listening I, to... I would almost argue that that may be to a certain regard, even if that isn't, well, probably isn't <laughs> the uh, foreskin of our Lord. Um, I believe it was still in a vision. sacrilegious. What about yeah. Moses? Yeah, okay. Yeah, so don't, bring it, don't bring that up. I, I think the fact... <laughs> that doesn't... What? So, um... <laughs> My original source for it, and then I actually listened to a couple of other podcasts on it because I didn't believe it when I heard it, was Tom Holland's um, The Rest is History. He does a, a very in-depth dive into um, Catherine of Siena mm -hmm. um, and reads through some of the, the literature on her. And then there was another podcast, I believe, that was just about Catholic saints. And that one I listened to, and I'm like, okay, so Catholics aren't honest about their own stories yeah. because he was kind of sugarcoating the whole thing. Um, and then they ended the podcast with praying to that saint. And I was like, this is too much for me. I'm out of here. I uh, don't trust a lot of Catholics to review their middle, their medieval saints and mm. theology. Yeah. That's, yeah a, it's coming from somebody who does like to read Catholic stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't, I don't normally trust. I, I don't uh, regrettably. I don't, Trust it often. So I'm just going to put a cap on the on the uh, Saint Catherine thing. Her claim to fame was that she could she survived many years only eating the Eucharist, mm -hmm. and then she shaved her head. Basically, in the chastity thing, where she didn't want to be seen as beautiful, um, and uh, then she convinced the Pope to move back into the Vatican during a time when he had set up uh, his camp. Maybe in Siena? I'm not actually sure. Um, but he was, he was basically seen as like, this was a time when the Pope wasn't aligned with Christ because he wasn't in the Vatican. And her influence is what brought him back there, allegedly. Um, 
Although it's like questionable whether they ever actually met. So it's like, it's really weird. She sent him a letter in the mail. I, I believe so. I believe that's how it started. And mm-hmm. then he met with her in person. Um, if she, if he met with her at all. Um, yeah. Super weird. Anyways, that's. I like the dog one. The dog one is cool. I don't know. I think that a mistranslation is like the most interesting thing about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just like I the fact look. that there's icons painted with him yeah. as a dog. Yes. Um, Josh, favorite saint. I think mostly just because it's funny. Um, saint Nicholas of Ephesus. Because mm-hmm. um, he punches a Pelagian. Man, you're going to do really good on the game show part of this. <laughs> <laughs> um, he punches a heretic and that's funny. Um, it's very unsaint-like. <laughs> but here's the thing. Was it? Yeah. No. The Jesus throws people out of the temple. You're right. Um, I would go with and Arius was running his mouth. You're right, but I would go with um, Second Timothy two. What are you seven quoting scripture to prove your point? Yeah, Come which on. is uh, uh, I'm gonna lose <laughs> as a, as a holy one, as a saint. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should. Uh, what is it? You should face your opponents with gentleness and kindness. I mean, he could have killed him. <laughs> could have. Um, and now, of course, there's specific context for that. But I think generally it would have been better if he had not. But it's funny that he punched a heretic. That's good. That's good. <laughs> and it's St. Nick, who's one of the influences for Santa Claus. Yeah. yeah. Um, Patron saint of kids. Mine is. Uh, and what else? And thieves. And, and what, what else? else? And we're not going to say it. My favorite <laughs> is um, right now, because I'm reading through some of his works, uh, St. Athanasius of Alexandria. Athanasian Creed, oh, awesome. You had to pick the good Great. answer. You're over here. <laughs> hey, mine was a good answer. <laughs> yeah. You know what? There's cool stuff. You know, um, she was seen <clears throat> levitating, and then the Eucharist just flew into her mouth. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Again, there's no, like, there's no falsifiable. It's like, oh, that happened? Well, now, how do we know it happened? And like, we have her severed head. It's like, that's not proof. (laughs) (laughs) We need to do a character deep dive on St. Catherine. Dude, do a a random episode just on St. Catherine. (laughs) I'm I'm kind of down for it. Sure. Um. We'll have to do we'll that. We'll have to have Colton on because that will be. Does Colton like Saints? No. I, well, I don't know, but I think that would make him just go, oh, I. <laughs> he would. Yeah, that, that might sounds, make his skin crawl. Yeah. Um, yeah. St. Athanasius is great. He, although he was not at the Council of Nicaea, he really did pick up the torch in fighting yeah. for Trinitarian understanding. And he did contribute. One of the creeds is his. Yeah. And he did, con- well, kind of. It's not clear how much of it is him versus like yeah. his his school of thought, um, yeah. and he himself personally wrestled heavily with, uh, as far as I can tell. Ooh, no, yeah, wrestled with the question of how do you articulate Jesus' humanity and divinity. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I've, I've started his book on on the incarnation. It's very good so far. Yeah, but yeah, that's my favorite. And what what year would that be? That would have been three. Uh, he was born in like late 
200. So like, okay. 290. He probably yeah. like mm-hmm. first half of 300. Yeah. yeah. 320 something. Yeah. yeah. Um, unless he lived, I think he did live till he was older. Yeah. Wh- whatever. Um, yeah. Okay. I mentioned game show. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. We used to have, um, a segment. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since we've, since we've so long. It was, what was it? It was, uh, how, oh, why can't I think of it now? Augustine or Osteen? That's it. That's it. Augustine yeah. or Osteen. So, um, we all say it wrong. <laughs> Josh versus Joel. Points. Okay. I'll, I'll hit you, Josh. Okay. I'm not a heretic, though. You will be by the end of this. <laughs> Which saint cut down a pagan Germanic holy tree? Oh, I know what it is because he. The tree he cut down is Thor's tree. Yep. That yeah. That they believed was the last sapling of Yggdrasil. Yeah. And yeah, then he's just the whole, like, like, nope. Hanging yeah. heads on the Christmas tree. He goes, hey, don't bulbs and candles look cooler, don't they? Yeah. yeah. And they what? said that if you tried to cut it down, Thor would strike you yeah. from heaven, from Valhalla. Uh, and then this saint was just like, nah, uh. And then he took an axe and. What's his name? He's the so snakes the, one. It's either Saint Gertrude the Great. Mm hmm. A. Oh, this is multiple choice. Okay, yeah. I was just going to pull it in and them. Nicholas. St. Joseph of Calisan. Or St. Boniface. Boniface has been getting a lot of attention lately on the internet. I think it's St. Boniface. There's a place in Winnipeg, Manitoba called St. Boniface, and I just can't read it without the... Oh, yeah, Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> the first one again? St. Gertrude the Great. Gertrude. That sounds like you made that up. <laughs> Actually, none of these names are made up. I think it's, oh, these are all no. real saints. I think it's C. I think it's Joseph. D. They weren't they weren't lettered, but I'm gonna say D. That is a point for Joel. Yeah. Uh, Boniface. Boniface. Yeah. Okay. The Boniface option. Um, which saint punched Arius? <laughs> saint Nick. Uh, he mentioned it before you. Just Aww. yeah. Sorry, okay. man. <clears throat> Here we go now. Who is the patron saint of lost things and people? Like patron saint of lost people as well. Saint Barbara? Saint Gertrude the Great? <laughs> Gertrude's back again. <laughs> He's round two. Um, saint Anthony? Or Saint Francis Xavier? Francis Xavier. No. That, he just has a cool name. Actually, yes. A. D. Francis Xavier. No points. Oh, it's what? Saint Anthony. Oh. Darn. I do know what my thought process was. Maybe that's where the X Men got Xavier's name from. You can find the lot, the, the children the with the powers. <laughs> you know what? At least there was there was some thought in there. I that's a that. cool mm-hmm. idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if it wasn't their X Men, Marvel should the, claim that. We'll yeah. see if you guys get this. The Lost Men. Just in general. If you guys don't, then I'll, I'll give you the, the four options. Who is the patron saint of accountants? I'll go through them. Zacchaeus. You'll get it immediately. St. Joseph of Capturano. I'm probably mispronouncing that. St. Rose of Lima. St. Matthew. St. Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Uh, that two makes for, sense. Two for Joel, one for Josh. Yeah. Who is the patron saint of blood donors? 
St. Mary Mac Killop. St. John's Hospital. St. <laughs> Mary Mac Killop. Okay. It's a real name. Fair enough, there's a lot of Marys. St. Nicholas. Again? Saint- donating blood at Christmas. <laughs> well, you know, when you punch somebody hard enough, they do tend to cut their face. Yeah. St. Um, <clears throat> Joseph Calazan or St. Generis. That's just generic seat. No. Gen- um, I'm oh, going to say Januaris. Januaris. Blood donation, you said? Yep. I know this is just you guys guessing, but i just like to point out that there is a patron saint of blood donors. <laughs> Januaris. St. Joseph. It's 2-2. Two, two. Josh got it. Oh, you got it? So, wow. potential tiebreaker. Last question. We ready? Who's the patron saint of astronauts? Chris Hadfield. <laughs> wait, wait. Is it Bartholomew because he goes all the way to India? Nope. No. No. Um, St. Joseph of Cup Toronto. Interesting. Second one is also St. Joseph of Cup Toronto. <laughs> uh, I may have missed that up. Does it feel like multiple choices? <laughs> uh, St. Rose of Lima or St. Gill's. St. Rose. St. Gills. St. Rose. It's St. Joseph of Cup Toronto. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness. Yeah, that was my thought. Was either he doubled it up because he was thinking about the right answer? <laughs> it was either A or B. <laughs> uh, so you guys tied. Do you want to do rock, paper, scissors to uh, figure it out? No, we'll do another one. Uh, <laughs> I don't have to. Do one about St. Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> Who is married to Jesus? There's not the, an answer The whole there. church. The whole um, church, yep. Yeah. Got it. I win. He did win, didn't he? He did. That, he, that uh, was, that was, I saw him win fair and square. <laughs> My tie's been broke. Sorry. I won't break your actual tie, though. I'm not what? Oh, I'm not wearing a tie. You break it? Oh, that was a dumb joke. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the game show. That's the game show? That's the game I show. I liked that, Caleb. I I didn't know there were so many obscure. Well, I mean, I knew there was a bunch there's of obscure so ones. Many. I didn't realize there's modern. There's ones. a lot of miracles being performed by dead people. What's the most recent saint? Uh, wasn't it Teresa? Might be Teresa. Because it happened very in- recently. Yeah, like in the last year or two. Yeah, yeah. What do you guys? This actually isn't in my notes now, but like, we're we're Protestants, right? Even high Protestants that observe, let's say, the liturgical calendar mm-hmm. that I think, well, you're going to have, you're going to celebrate certain days of the saints and whatnot. How can a, let's, being mindful of saints that have gone on before, mm-hmm. how can that in a healthy way help the Christian, like, devotional life or just mind? What do you guys think that's a, what's a healthy way to, to think about and, for lack of a better word, venerate saints. Is there, and I understand if you want to take that, take that word down, change it a bit, but mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. I think there's, there's lots to be learned from, um, from those who have walked full Christian lives before us. Hmm. Right. And I think that there's a certain amount of arrogance that comes from believing there's nothing that can be learned from those who passed on. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want to be in that place as a Protestant. At the same time, Christ intercedes on our behalf. Yeah. <laughs> and there is, 
you know, uh, the dead have no power over the living. And, and I think that's, that's pretty obvious. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a bit of Ecclesiastes stuff. But. Yeah. I, I think like we, I think we should articulate those that are in heaven in communion with us mm-hmm. are praying on our behalf. Yeah. I think, but I don't think that that's. See, the, I don't even know if I go that far. Really? Well, I mean, if you mean that they're in communion with the father because they're in heaven, then sure. They are praying. If it's on our behalf, well, it's also hmm. well. I think it's because well, I, th- I think that's. It, let me I, check it. I believe it's quoted, but the the idea is is that the same as we pray for the church, they are praying for the church. Yeah, and yeah. so it's not that that okay. it's not necessarily that they're praying for you, Joel, but they're praying for all of us the same way that we all pray for the church. Just because, as we've mentioned before, this is so far mm-hmm. out of my tradition. Yeah. Um, that that concept is a little bit difficult for me to, to accept wholesale. Fair enough. Well, it also um, affects your eschatology and where heaven and judgment day get placed. Yes, absolutely. And that's not something I'm even like interested in considering with the saints. Um, yeah. Just because the way that this question is phrased, it's a little bit of talking more about who goes before us, who has lived the Christian life before us rather than who has gone to heaven before us. Right. Yeah. Well, like that's, that's a little bit well, more. They're in heaven waiting for judgment day. Uh, so that they can be resurrected. Yes, but isn't the thing that can be learned from saints, saints that have passed on, a life lived for Christ rather than a absolute future glorification? The fact they're dead is not proof of a future glorification. The fact that they lived a good Christian life is proof that glorification can be attained. Sure. I'm sorry. I, I, I was, I, I was I looking up back stuff there and I, a little bit. I sorry. lost it. Okay. Um, let me try. I'm just going to try and uh, simplify that thought. Okay. Um, uh, you, you know what? You take it away. I'm going to see if I can okay. make it smaller. I'm, I'm there with, I think that the saints are interceding for us, but more mm. in Josh's point, mm-hmm. right? With, uh, I think that the saints prayer, pray to God. Like they are with Christ. They are, I, I, I don't like that our, our understanding of most dead Christians, when you think of them, is that they have, they have died and ceased to exist and operate and don't have a relationship with God anymore. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a healthy way to look at it. Um, if only because your the, the Christian hope is not affecting your understanding of mortality, mm-hmm. of other people's mortality, mm-hmm. which... But for whatever reason, you kind of think that it's going to affect yours, although that might come more naturally. Um, so I don't like that. But I, I do think that, that um, we, it's healthy to articulate them as alive with God. And what do people do when they're with God? They worship him. Yeah. They pray to him. They say, yeah. Um, but to what you were saying with like, I think it's, it's super healthy mm-hmm. to look at, past lives mm-hmm. of people, mm-hmm. especially people who have exhibited, even as according to like that, that the Catholic canonization process, they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, they have these virtues, these cardinal yeah. and, and, and theological virtues to people that have um, exhibited those greatly. Yeah. I yeah. want to learn to, to love God like that. They're doing it better than well, me. I'm going to well, follow them as they follow Christ. It's not, 
with, to go back to our first statement with that passage about, you know, the great cloud of witnesses, mm-hmm. the idea of them being witnesses is that they are witness to what is happening now. Yeah. That they, these people of great faith, Abraham, Moses, Isaac, Joseph, David, like all of those people with all of the saints of the church, everyone that has died and is with Christ now mm-hmm. is worshiping God, praying and witness to the, the work of Christ in the world today. Well, and it, it appears as though that's that Jesus understanding of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob yeah. is that they are alive when the Sadducees go like, Hey, what about that? And he goes, dude, he's the God of the living. Yeah. Cause he, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because God's answer was not, I was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, but yeah, that, that idea that they're, that, they're, that they're witness to it. I wonder if that's, there's, there's also some interesting covenant language there with witnesses to a covenant. Oh, yeah. Um, that it's- they are witnesses to the covenant that Christ has with the church and in turn are witnessing what Christ is doing in the church on behalf of his covenant partner. Interesting. Interesting. Um, which they are also a part of, but that when you die, you join the witnesses of Christ's work on the earth until the final day. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then Michael Heiser would probably go and you join the stars in the, he- in the heavens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever yeah you were you were gonna say something joel no i'm just kind of seeing this conversation lay out i mean i don't i didn't expect us to get into the eschatological implications of saints mm-hmm. but i like it i think it's cool yeah mm-hmm. um, but um yeah this is a bit of a shorter episode is it yeah what are we at i don't know <laughs> this is, we're not on an hour and a half like our normal <coughs> But uh, are we? Huh? But uh, yeah, if you have uh, actually, you know what? If you have some interesting saints that you j- just find interesting, yes, mm-hmm. um, go to our website and tell it to the to the chat bar. Tell <laughs> it to the chat bar. <laughs> tell it to the chat bar is such a good phrase. Because <laughs> um, I find it funny always reading about weird stories of saints, especially medieval mm-hmm. saints. There's so many funny ones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a few guys yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we'll achieve sainthood quite, quite yet. Well, we are. Or, sorry, veneration. Oh, okay. Yeah. But even there's, oh, but we are. But yeah, well, the veneration by the Catholics. I don't Ooh, think they care That's about an interesting me. thought. Is there a Protestant that's ever been venerated? By the Catholics? Yeah. No. Yeah, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would be interesting the, 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 if, if the Catholics had St. Patron saint of the Protestants. Where's Google? I wonder if they do. <laughs> Wait, is there a patron saint of heretics? Oh yeah, it's uh, Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look up. Is there a patron saint of Protestants? It's Luther. <laughs> so one of the things that, um, at least I know some Protestant churches that still mm. observe the liturgical calendar, rather than continuing to call modern people saints, they'll call them heroes of the faith. Yeah. Um, eh. <sighs> saints who converted to Protestantism. What? That's what I got as well. Interesting. Are they still saints then? Interesting. Oh, wait, is John Henry Newman a saint? What? 
I can't look at this. What am I doing? I'm, I'm no, live needed, on we need, air. We needed to find if there's this patron saint of the Protestants. Yeah, I, I got distracted too fast. I had to close the computer. John Henry Newman. He, he became a Catholic, though. It's yeah, only like generic patrons of converts. Oh, okay. So there's like more like if they converted from Protestantism. Gotcha. It's weird. That's okay. It's okay. Um, but yeah. Converter. Thanks for uh, listening to past um, All Saints Day. Past All Saints Day. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening this far in the episode. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or things you'd like to add to the conversation, um, again, tell it to the chat bar. <laughs> or um, you can send us an email at uh, secondratesaints at gmail.com. Um, you can also check us out on our Instagram and our Twitter, both secondratesaints as well. Um, we've got some bigger things in the works, so keep an eye out on our social medias. We've got some announcements coming out. Um, yeah. And if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel so far, our YouTube or our Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever, um, we do pay attention to those analytics and the platforms will boost our content if we have more interaction with uh, subscriptions, likes, and, and all those kind of things. So if you don't mind, uh, you know, helping us out um, through your, your subscription or your likes or whatever, uh, we would really appreciate that. Thank you for your comments so far. Um, I've enjoyed this episode. I feel like it's been casual. I woke up. I I got to talk about uh, St. Catherine of Siena, and I haven't gotten to do that yet. Yeah. And uh, about a month ago, I got really confused and interested in it. So, um, yeah. I think think this episode hit what I I think. It was better than our first attempt at saints. Wow, that was so many months ago. Let's end the podcast. There's an unreleased episode where we talked about saints, and we discovered we don't know anything. (laughs) Some of us. I, I discovered I didn't know Okay, fine. End the podcast. Hello, 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 hello. Hello.